cultivate trust, if you're 100% honest with that person, if you are transparent about every action you make in your life, if you're, you know, they have access to whatever they want to see and you're, you're constantly creating trust, but for whatever reason, they still might be jealous or insecure or not believing you. How does someone get someone to trust them? Or is it not about them at that stage and it's about the other person and their insecurities? Well, it, it depends very much on the particulars of the situation. Um, you know, so I don't know if there's a generic answer to that. I think that you can establish the ground rules explicitly, you know, and have a discussion about it. Are we going to lie to each other or not? Are we going to tell each other the truth to the degree that we can to make that an actual goal and to talk through the consequences of doing that and not doing it? And then I would also say, whenever a hiccup occurs in the relationship, maybe you don't call it out at each hiccup, you know, because you have to have a certain amount of silent tolerance in any relationship. Uh, I actually disagree with this. I believe if you uh, have too much quote-unquote silent tolerance, then uh, you get treated as though you're weak. And if you get treated as though you're weak, um, then what ends up happening is you get used. And um, like the silent tolerance thing, um, is is not a good uh, it's not a good strategy and, and the reason is because appeasement is not a good strategy in general. When you see behavior that you don't like, you have to call it out whether you want to or not. And once the person understands that you will call out behavior you don't like every time, that will actually greatly reduce the um, the quantity of times that the unpleasant behavior happens because the person knows that the instant that they bring up something that's very unpleasant, that it's going to be an argument, that it's going to lead to bad stuff. And so what happens is um, it's um, trained to not happen. To let small infractions go. But if they... Right, that's called picking your battles. They repeat, my rule is three times. Mm. And it's the rule that we I share with my wife. If something happens three times that is causing emotional upset, anger, jealousy, disappointment, resentment, frustration, any of those things. Any right, so if the girl cheats on you three times, then you get mad. No. But no, no, I, I, I know, I know he's, he's not referring to that. I, I understand. He's referring to small infractions, like, you know, um, she leaves the, the plate, you know, beside the sink instead of in the sink or something, you know, like something ridiculous like this, you know. But again, like, this this sort of thing, like I think in general, you 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 don't negotiate with um, the T word, you know. Like you need to call out the behavior that you don't like, and you have to call it out ruthlessly. Because if you don't, you're going to allow. Bas basically, the idea is this: the behavior that you tolerate is the behavior you you agree with or you allow. And if you do tolerate it, then it's going to continue, and in fact, it's going to get worse. Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all the notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. It's patreon.com slash the Helios blog. So I've changed it actually. We have deleted videos from YouTube as a section. We have uh, literature and uh, we're also going to have scientific articles that I'm going to read and explain. Okay, so those are the three sections. Um, you could also support me by dropping me a donation like Tom M. Shout out to him. All right, uh, the link is in the description. Let's continue.
anything that you don't want to experience and that you especially don't want to experience repeatedly, then you can call it out. And that's right. And if you if you have three examples, your case is much better made than if you just have one. And I would also say that when you call it out, you know, you could say, look, uh, we were at a party the other night and you were, it looked to me, I felt as if you were paying too much intense intent attention to um, Dave. Mm -hmm. There was flirting going on there. That's what it looked like to me. There was some flirting going on there. And, you know, I, that made me uncomfortable. Yeah. If your girl is flirting with other guys in front of you at a party, your relationship is dead. There is no relationship. We're, we're not discussing, right? Like, because if the, atten if, if the um, action is blatant in front of your face, imagine what it's like behind your back. You see what I'm saying? So no, that's, that's not like, that's not a good example, Jordan. That is a serious infraction. That's not something we can tolerate three times. Well, you don't say, well, you were flirting, stop doing it. You say, well, this is how it looked. This is what it looked like to me. And here was my response. And then you want to think, and maybe I'm a damn fool and blind and jealous and stupid. And I'm misinterpreting, or maybe it was a harmless flirtation of the sort that people will engage in because it adds a little bit of spice to a social interaction. You want to find out. Like it, it's really convenient if it's the other person's fault, except then you're laden with living with that person. So it really doesn't help you anyways, but it's convenient because then they have to change. But you've got to think about this over the long run. You're going to be interacting with this person on a minute by minute basis for decades. Um, if you're the idiot and that's causing trouble, then you should find out. So you want to say, well, look, this is what I saw. Uh, actually, the way that he's explaining it, it invites you to be gaslighted, right? Oh, it was nothing. You know, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. He's just a friend, you know, and stuff like that. This sort of advice inv invites men to get gaslighted, to get destroyed. So I actually disagree with this advice. What's your explanation of what's going on? And then they'll offer you their viewpoint and hopefully they'll do the same thing. They'll think, well, this is my intent. Again, what, what this presumes is that women are rational. Women speak logically. Better women are equal. Like, no, no, no. Uh, and and the, the equalist idea that um, there, there can be open and honest communication without, like... This frame of relationships are about communication. What does it actually do? Well, women are better communicators than men, so it puts women automatically in the winning position, right? And most men are not prepared to deal with the common traps that women put men in, which is like what I just said, you know, that he's just a friend, don't worry about him, it wasn't like this, this actually happened, gaslighting, which is that didn't happen, you're crazy, etc., etc., right? It's like, no. If she was flirting with a guy in front of your face, it means she's flirting with guys behind your back. If she's flirting with guys behind your back, she's likely cheated on you, which means that the relationship is likely over. That's how that goes, guys. There's no like, oh, um, a few days, like, like there's, there's no like like sugarcoating or putting on like these, these uh, kid gloves, you know. Oh, a few days ago, I felt as though la 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 happened. And as a result, you know, like... X, Y, Z. No, this is ridiculous.
and maybe they have to go think about it, but this is my intent and this is what I saw, and I think you're being oversensitive um, in that situation. And you peel back the explanations layer by layer until you both agree on what happened and more importantly, on what you're going to do about it in the future. And that's really hard. And especially if there is something going on that's not straight, mm -hmm. because that will require quite a bit of digging. It'll probably result in anger and tears and a fight. Right, because those are the common strategies. Anger, tears, and fighting back um, just to deflect responsibility, basically. And that's very unpleasant. It's it's easier in the short term to avoid that. But hopefully the consequence of that is you don't have to have that fight again. Right. You have to come to a negotiated agreement about, about that situation. And you have to pay attention to your own uncomfortable negative emotions in order to manage that and not, and not pretend that everything's all right or that you're nicer. That's absolutely true. But, um, this idea of having to come to a negotiated agreement, like, no, we're not, we're not out here, like, negotiating attraction, like, and, and stuff like that. Like, if you're doing stuff like that, you're going to have a really bad time. We're not, like, negotiation, again, as I said, we're not negotiating with T-word. Okay, all right, let's continue than you are or that you're less jealous than you are or 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 less blind or see one of the things i learned from carl jung the psychoanalyst about marriage was that there is a reason marriage was a vow like the vow is that you stick together okay so now imagine that's a vow okay you i mean it was but in 2022 it's not because of you know stuff like no fault divorce uh, and etc. So uh, maybe it was at some point in the past, in the distant past, but now it's it's really not. So, like, you know, trusting the the word of a person that can break that word at any moment and come out on top, no matter what you try to do. I mean, I don't know about you, but it doesn't sound like a good deal to me. All right, uh, here's an article by Roller Tomasi. It's called The Male Experience. A little over 15 years ago, my wife was pregnant with baby Tomasi. For most of her adult life, Mrs. Tomasi has been a medical professional. So when she was knocked up, uh, she and her girlfriends at the hospital would take any free moment they got to sneak into the ultrasound room to have a peek at our gestating daughter. As a result, we have about four times as many ultrasound pics as most other couples get. I actually have images of baby as a multi-celled organism. It was during one of these impromptu scannings that we discovered that gender, what the gender of our child would be. We were both more than a bit impatient and didn't want to wait for the city build up to the OBGYN. Um, so we hit up a girlfriend and my wife to do another ultrasound around the, the right trimester. <laughs> she scanned for a bit and said, oh yeah, you've got a girl. We asked how she could be so sure and she said, her hands aren't in the right place. We were like, what? Then she explained, almost always when the baby is a boy, his hands will be down around his crotch once, she's, once he's matured to a certain phrase, a phase in the pregnancy. There's not much to do in there, so they play with themselves. Your daughter's hands are usually up around her face. After hearing this, it was at that point I began to appreciate the power of testosterone. Whenever I read someone tell me that bedroom fun isn't really a quote-unquote need, I think about how even in the womb the influence of testosterone is there. For better or worse, our lives as men center around our capacity to control, unleash, mitigate, and direct that influence. 
Socially, we build up appropriate conventions intended to bind it into some kind of uniformity, to prevent the destructive potential and exploit its constructive potential. While personally, we develop convictions, psychologies, and internalized rules by order of degree to live our lives with its influence always running in the background of our subconsciousness. Experience. Women become very indignant when trying to understand the male experience. This is due in most part to women's innate solipsism and the presumption that their experience is the universal one. Part of this presumption is due to social reinforcement, but the social presumption, essentially the equalist presumption, is rooted in women's base indifference to anything external that doesn't affect them directly and personally. If everyone is essentially the same and equal, we've acculturated to an, uh, and we're acculturated to encourage this perspective, it leaves women to interpret their imperatives and innate solipsism to be normative for men. So it often comes with a lot of shock and indignation, which women instinctively crave, when women are forced, sometimes rudely, to acknowledge that men's experience doesn't reflect their own. The reactive response is to force-fit men's experience into women's solipsistic interpretations of what it should be, according to a feminine primary perception of what works best for women. On an individual woman's level, this amounts to denial and rejection of a legitimate male primary experience through shame or implied femme-centric obligations to accept and adopt her experience as his responsibility. On a social level, this conflict is reflected in social conventions and feminine-centric social doctrines, as well as being written directly into binding laws that forcibly enact a feminine-centric perspective into our social fabric. Feminine solipsism and the primacy of the female experience superseding the male experience begins with the individual woman and extrapolates into feminine primary social constructs. Virtually every conflict between the, the genders comes back to the rejection of the legitimacy of the male experience. As I've stated in the past, for one gender to realize their bedroom fight imperative, the undergender must sacrifice their own. In virtually every dynamic I've ever written about the fundamental lack of understanding the male experience and how it influences uh, the perception of the gender. Uh, whether it's understanding our uh, bedroom fun impulse, our idealization of love, or appreciating the sacrifices men uniquely make to facilitate a feminine reality, the disconnect always distills down to a fundamental lack of appreciating the legitimacy of the male experience. It would be too easy to cop out uh, and to simply write this disconnect off as an ex existential difference. Obviously, men and women cannot spend time in each other's skin to directly appreciate the experience of the other. However, since the feminine imperative is the normative one in our current social makeup, the presumption is that a feminine-directed quote-unquote equalism is the only legitimate experience. Thus, the masculine experience is by default delegitimized, if not vilified, for simply reminding the feminine that inherent, evolved bedroom fund differences challenge equalism by masculinity's very presence. I reject your reality and replace it with my own. Men just being, in a, yeah, a men, just being men is a passive challenge to the feminine imperative. Um... RP awareness is a direct challenge to the legitimacy of a feminine primary experience. It's important to recall here that the primacy of the female experience begins on the personal level with an individual woman and then exponentially multiplies into a social scale. When you assert yourself as a RP man, you're asserting your disconnect from that feminine primary frame. This begins on a personal level for women and then extrapolates into a social affront for all women. The initial shock and indignation is one of interrupting her comfortable, predictable expectations of men in the feminine-defined, solipsistic reality she experiences for herself. As even the most rookie of RP men will attest, the legitimate female experience rejects this assertion, most times with an amount of hostility. As expected, men are met with a socially reinforced, uh, prepared responses designed to defend against attempts to question the legitimacy of the primary uh, of the primacy of the uh, feminine experience. Shaming is often the first recourse. Even most passive challenges warrant shaming. But character assassination and disqualifications based upon a feminine primary perspective are the go-to weapons of the solipsistic nature of the feminine mindset, even when men are the ones subscribing to it. 
The next weapon in the feminine psychological arsenal is histrionics. Aggrandized exaggerations and overblown strawman tactics may seem like a last resort for men to the man attempting to rationally impose his RP, legitimized male experience, but no histrionics for what they are, a carefully designed a feminine-specific and socially-approved failsafe for women. In the same vein as women's prerogative, which is that they can change their minds, and the feminine mystique, female histrionics are a legitimized and socially excusable tactic with the latent purpose of protecting a woman's solipsistic experience. Uh, she's an emotional creature, and your challenge to her ego only brings out the hysteric in her. It's men's fault that they don't get it, and it's men's fault for bringing it out of her by challenging her solipsism. And thus, she's excused from her uh, histrionics at men's cost. All right. Uh, back to the video here. You do not get to leave, period. <laughs> okay, so what does that mean? Well, on the upside, it means that you don't have to be alone. It means that your family will have continuity over decades. It means that the narrative of your life won't be fragmented and broken by divorce or sequential divorce. It means Indeed. that your children can grow up and maybe have their children within a continuing family, um, it means that your children will be able to maintain relationships with the grandparents on both sides and the cousins. Like, it's a big deal to maintain that. There's huge advantages in it. It's a big deal. But again, in 2022, with the current laws and what they encourage, that's not what happens a lot of the time. In fact, about half the time. And when that half occurs... It's like 90% of the time initiated by women. So it's very important to teach women like what they actually should be doing for the benefit of literally everyone, for the benefit of themselves, the benefit of the husband, the benefit of the children, the benefit of the extended family, everyone's benefit, and by extension society, right? It means that you'll have someone there when you're not well, and so will your partner. Um, and it'll mean that you have someone to share all of the positive things of life with. So there's huge advantages to it. Okay, so why does it have to be a vow? Well, I don't think you can tell the truth to someone who can run away. Because if you tell the truth to someone and they can run away, then they'll run away. Right. Right? Because... <laughs> You're, you're a mess, man. And not, not just because of your own inadequacies, but because human beings are so complicated and, and have such dark corners and, and, and have had, you know, unresolved problems in their life, sometimes that stem back generations and mm. are twisted and bent in all sorts of ways. And you, you can't, re it's very, very difficult to reveal that except to someone who can't run away. Except that's not the current reality we live in. It's not a vow anymore. It's just, you know, oh, you're unhappy, quote unquote. Okay, you can leave. And then who, who gets wrecked? Well, who gets wrecked is every single person around, including yourself, right? So. Now that, that you know, I'm not saying that people should never separate. I, I am saying, though, that it's better not to. If you can That's manage right. it. Exactly. But then the other thing too is if you can't run away, then you're motivated in a different way. It's like, I'm stuck with this woman and she's stuck with me. And unless we want to have this same goddamn fight over and over and over for the next, who knows how long, why don't we straighten it out? And then we can put it behind us. See, the, the vow gives you a kind of desperation mm. that 
is another motivation to actually solve the problems. And if you've got a way out, you, you can always stay hidden. You can guard yourself. You can protect yourself and even protect that part of yourself that thinks that it can leave if things get too bad. Now, the problem with that, in my estimation, is, is that you're going to drag your stupidity into the next relationship. <laughs> right. Always do, right? Well, generally speaking, right? And so, so if you don't fix the issues, then they're going to come up again. Uh, true. Uh, and it is very important for you as a man to, to have your crap together, as it were. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, it's not that every woman will. It's that any woman can. So until the, the, the divorce laws are reform, uh, reformed, right, and the, the marriage laws, um, it's just not a smart idea to get married, right? Because before, you literally, it was illegal to get divorced. You, you couldn't break up. And so you had to fix the problems, right? But nowadays, that's not the case. Nowadays, you can just do whatever you want. And so you can, you can be bad and no harm will come to you, right? You can cheat. You can lie. You can you know, get into massive debt, you can be just rude and a word to your, to your partner. And I'm, I'm talking about women here, because if men do it, uh, what happens? But what happens is the divorce happens immediately. Um, whereas men only tend to divorce for um, illicit substance use, and uh, the, the girl being locked up in a metal box. So let's put it that way. Right? Those are pretty much the only reasons why men will divorce. Whereas for women, they can even divorce for something so small as I'm unhappy, right? So you see the difference? So now you can get very, you can, you can, in, under unfortunate circumstances, you can get tangled up with someone who's not playing a straight game with you and won't. And, and it's just impossible, but right. I'm not talking about the limit cases, you know, I'm talking about the average case, the average amount of unhappiness and trouble. It's still plenty. And I, then the sorry, just one more thing ahead. I'd add yeah, to yeah. that. You also have to, sh in some sense, shake the illusion that the other person is somehow not you. You're so tied up with them that mm. there's no difference between you and them in some sense. Is that what's good for? Her? her is going to be good for you and vice versa. That's, that's actually right. That, that ties into the ownership dynamic, right? Um, like what's good for the man in the relationship is actually good for the, for the woman as well, because it, it's kind of like this. If the man is happy, right, then the man is providing to everybody around. And so everyone is happy. So what's good for them is actually what's good for you. That's the, that's the idea there. Okay, uh, let's go on to this Reddit story. This is from Relationship Advice, posted 20 hours ago. Uh, <clears throat> so, a uh, girlfriend wanted an open relationship, so I broke up with her. Now she wants to get back together. I thought I would give an update since people DM'd me to post one when I can. I didn't expect the update this soon. After posting and expressing to some people that I had a suspicion she cheated on me... <coughs> <coughs> Excuse my cough. Um, I couldn't get the nagging feeling out of my head. I didn't want to know at first, but decided to go digging and ask mutual friends what X had been up to the month she was acting shady. I didn't expect one of her closest friends to spill the beans, but she did. 
My suspicions were correct. She'd been cheating on me with a mutual friend's cousin. I decided to message the guy on FB. When I messaged him, he wanted to meet in person, so I met him at a local pub. When I got there, he apologized and explained everything. How he didn't know she was in a relationship, and the day she called me wanting me back is the day he found out and broke it off. I, can fault, I can't fault the guy. He seemed genuine and really apologetic. On the plus side, I drank for free the entire time. He seems like a great guy, especially considering I broke it off right away once he knew. I won't lie, he's handsome and a great guy, and I wouldn't let him... And I would let him... Um, Sleep with me to rub it in my ex's face, lol. But at least I have a bit of closure now. I've blocked my ex on everything and I'm gathering her stuff. She's left you to mail to her so she doesn't come knocking. It's taking a lot of power not to leave a note in the box along the lines of Mark seems nice, too bad you lost him too. Sorry if this m- makes no sense, I'm typing this on my phone and my fat thumbs are doing me no favors. It doesn't help me, I'm a bit tipsy. But I'm glad I could vent. TLDR, she was cheating. Alright, let's look at the top comment. 690 upvotes. You're lucky she showed a real self before marriage. Good luck, man. Exactly. Uh, once a cheater, always a cheater, is the principle there. Um, uh, okay. 674 upvotes. Good job, OP. You trusted your instinct and got rid of your lying, cheating GF. 674 upvotes. When I read this, instantly in my mind, the word legendary popped up. Uh, yeah, so the guy broke it off once he knew... He was genuine. Uh, again, guys, you don't really know, right? Because the girl could just lie and say she's single, and that's all it takes. Um, okay. Uh, all right. 658 upvotes. You know what? Why not add the note? Let her know that she, you know she's a lying cheater. There's no point. Like, ghosting is actually the best move. Um, and the reason is because... Ghosting doesn't invite any extra drama, and it can't be used against you in a court of law. So, it's useless. All right. Guys, we're going to end the video there. Again, if you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. Patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe. Um, again, here are the tiers, because I, I changed it. So the first tier is deleted videos from YouTube. So I just posted a bunch of the videos that YouTube demonetized or forced me to delete. Um, I also have another one, which is um, I'm going to read literature that's related to RP, but I'm going to read it like an audiobook. So you can just go there and listen and I'll put a little bit of commentary on there too. And then I'm also going to read scientific literature related to RP and I'm going to explain it. So those are the three sections. And then there's a fourth, which is like, you can get all three for, for $10 or something, whereas each is $5, so you, you save some money. That's that's the idea. All right, uh, you could also drop me a donation like Tom M here, shout out to him. The link is in the description, guys. Again, thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it, especially if you took the time out of your busy day to listen to the end of the video. You guys are wonderful, and I will see you next time.